you, you kind of grow up amongst people who become what they see. That's yeah. the way I always thought of it. It's like everybody I grew up with became like it, mostly teachers and police officers and firemen. And that's what they strive towards because that's what they saw. And I was like hoping, praying that there's something more than what I can see in the world. Yeah, I was trying so hard to prove myself, I think. Yeah. And maybe the wrong, uh, sometimes when you have that and then you have the combination of entrepreneurship yeah. or like the, the yeah. urge to do your thing, then what happens is you end up looking. Sometimes I even regret, like I changed the name of the entity instead of instead of starting a new one. And I kind of regret that sometimes because I'm like, uh, it was so different. And sometimes have this, people had this, the wrong impression about what we were in the early days. but. Hi everybody, today I have a really special guest. Uh, Avery is a friend of mine who, and we started, sort of started, I think our journey in Estonia more or less at the same time, I would say. If not, did you I come in so. earlier? Uh, 2017. Uh, no, I think I arrived 2018. Oh man, okay, cool. Okay. I think so, yeah. Okay. You as well. You've gone a really, really long way. And honestly, I am so, so proud of you, man. Seriously. We're going to get into the little, you know, startup competition that we were a part of as well. That's where we met. But first off, I... Well, think you crushed me. You crushed <laughs> my dreams. You made, me feel, you made me feel inferior as a human being. And you continue to do so. Oh, if you, man, why? <laughs> everything you do is so impressive. No, come on, come on. But let's start I'm, off with Modash. You are the creator and founder of uh, a creator-based platform. I think, honestly, there were many people when I heard about creator economy, right? I didn't have anybody working on a platform uh, that was so relevant to it, at least in my second degree of connections. But when you started Modash, I think that's where I started seeing more of a lot of brands jumping into this, you know, because influencer marketing, a lot of brands are now talking about this. Uh, there's a lot of, I think... Uh, myths around this as to how it should be done uh, you know regarding the perspective of influencer how to get you know the brand deals that they require and also from the perspective of a brand who are seeking mm -hmm. those partnerships and then Modash so I like you know sort of just sits right in the middle you know connecting both dots and I think it's an amazing platform that you've built and congrats on the Thanks. two mil as well you recently got a round of funding and I'm so so happy for you and the team honestly it is amazing so good, job. So good job good job but maybe we can start off with you and, uh, you know, how we met as well. Talent Starter Week was this competition that we were a part of in uh, our university, right? You were studying at that time. I was studying at that time. I was doing a crazy little marketing degree. <laughs> and then you were in the entrepreneurship space already. So maybe we can get into that. So how was your journey from Canada to Estonia? And also, I mean, the weather wasn't that different, I'd say. But <laughs> Believe it or not, it's it's uh, it's actually worse here. <laughs> it's darker. Yeah, that's the depressing part. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, so I grew up in the east coast of Canada, all the way to the, for, for those who get their east and west confused, that's all the way to the right side. And then <laughs> once you start swimming, you stop, and that's where I live. Um, Got it. So, so yeah, Nova Scotia, um, moved around quite a lot as a kid, but mostly really small towns, like, you know, a couple thousand people kind of thing. Wow. Nothing. You know. mm -hmm. Yeah. So really small, really small towns and wanted for something more. I didn't really know what it was, but I, I was just a bit frustrated with, I think probably a lot of people will relate to the idea that 
you, you kind of grow up amongst people who become what they see. That's yeah. the way I always thought of it. It's like everybody I grew up with became like it, mostly teachers and police officers and firemen. And that's what they strive towards because that's what they saw. And I was like hoping, wow. praying that there's something more than what I can see in the world. And so I, uh, yeah, I moved to Germany. I think it was mm -hmm. 17 ish, something like that. Uh, and, um, yeah, I was climbing pretty seriously at the time. So I spent most of the time climbing rocks and in, in Oh, that's like, so cool. You know, okay. And, yeah, and chopping okay. vegetables in an Irish pub and um yeah, being a being a bum basically, sleeping on oh. in tents and well, not not often in tents, but whenever we were climbing. So mm -hmm, um, yeah. Wow, and look at you now, huh? <laughs> i think your your impression of me is much higher than the reality no 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 come on i feel like no seriously knowing you you've changed a lot definitely changed a lot i think uh from the time we met and now i feel like you've grown so much honestly as a person uh someone that i know in the professional space and i feel so happy like genuinely to see that growth uh you know not just as someone who is the creator behind this whole thing but also as a person man you're like more humble and more like really I love that so much I love that I love that like you've generally I think the, solid I think at the time that we met I was really trying to you were in your hustler zone like full-on hustler zone I don't <laughs> know yeah I was trying so hard to prove myself I think yes. yep. and maybe to the wrong people a lot of the time so mm -hmm. like uh, more to um yeah I think when you start especially if you're kind of I mean, I've always been like this obsessive person who needs to be the best at the thing they do. Even now, I think it's like, yeah, it's still a part of me and that's okay. But um, uh, sometimes when you have that and then you have the combination of entrepreneurship yeah. or like the sure. urge to do your own thing, then what happens is you end up looking for validation. I don't know if that's the cause or the effect. Like if somehow, somehow hunting for validation yeah. is what brought me here or if uh, oh. if mm -hmm. being here is what brought uh, is what i see tons of founders get stuck in the validation loop Very it's true. like Very true. Yeah. You, yeah you attend the competition the pitch competitions and you go to the conferences and you try to raise money and you go to an accelerator and you get yeah. media press and pr and then you go bankrupt and that's like uh uh the the circle and so I think I saw that in myself really early like I or I was lucky to to be like hey this is probably what I luckily I was okay at those things like I, I could pitch pretty good so we won a couple of those competitions and whatever yep, and I, I remember like, that yeah and I and I was like wait a second this isn't doing any this isn't like doing anything for the world or for like really anything for anyone yeah, ever absolutely yeah, yeah. And honestly, I think it is sort of a little bit of an eye-opening experience as well at the same time, you know, because when people are starting off, right, hackathons are probably the first places where most of the people mm -hmm. sort of get that avenue, you know, to connect with like-minded people, to start creating, you know, their ideas, envisioning everything that they have in their head and bringing it down to, you know, a table with other people and then eventually like creating uh, something out of it as well but then it does really like you know make you question at the end of the day like you said you know like is this even <laughs> you know taking yeah. me somewhere so yeah. yeah but it definitely oh. comes down to you uh you know being persistent and being relentless and then going for it on your own because yes the startup competitions will come and go 
uh, the jury will definitely, you know, give one prize today to you, the next day to someone else. <laughs> so, you know, uh, you're a part of the puzzle, basically. But it's you who needs to, you know, eventually work on uh, whatever you believe in and then create something out of it, which you've done really well. So good job on that. Well, thank you. Yeah, I think, yeah, uh, yeah it's been a, a long journey of lots of failing. Like maybe we can get more into, you know, how has your journey been, like in your eyes from, let's say, uh, how has it evolved you as a person, Modash then, Modash now? Uh, because, I mean, it's been a couple of years already. So how has it been going so far? And what have you learned? Yeah, so the Modash journey, maybe I'll try to... Yeah, I think... Um... So in in I came to Estonia and went to went to uni went to the mm -hmm. to the world renowned SD minor, that's all we'll say about that, um and uh, I I think I was there you know after that program that program was basically all I did and then I left mm -hmm. that one class that we did um yep. and so that was like some kind of long hackathony type thing where you. Uh, for the viewer's sake, you you make one pager about your idea, and you like teams kind of come together from these these yep. students, and um, uh, yeah, and then you most people kind of try to get some validation in order to pitch mm -hmm. well for the for the competition, and maybe make some mockups and designs and stuff. And um, I was like, I was immediately obsessed. I was like, yeah, I have to. <laughs> So we had uh, we had even I think revenue going into the into the demo day, um, and basically what the what the idea was at that point was like some something like the record label model from the music industry applied to creators. That was kind of the idea at the time, and so the idea was we were going to be like the agents for the creators, mm -hmm. um, and then facilitate these partnerships in between. Uh, yeah, and and did all kinds of weird stuff based on that so like had it was kind of cool we had, we were part of this elevator startups thing at the time the project at the time was called makery and mm -hmm. we were part of this elevator startups thing so we had an office which was pretty cool and um uh, uh again it was great like kind of superficial validation and <laughs> made me feel good. so yeah. i so we had creators around all the time like some amateur photographers who happen to have some Instagram followers. I think like mm -hmm. one of Estonia's Estonia's top model type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She yeah. was uh, she was around. There was one actress who was quite popular and mm -hmm. uh, one rapper guy. And we we basically put them together and nice. uh, and would do photo shoots and kind of facilitate relationships. And I had no clue I was going to make money off of this, but it was pretty fun. And. Uh, and then occasionally I was running these influencer partnerships. So um, one of those few, for example, like I think the very first one was with BrewDog. Oh, and yeah. Uh, yeah, and and she got to go to BrewDog and take photos, and have like free dinner with her friends and I think make a couple hundred bucks. And it was um, so, so then it was, then I met Hendry around that time. And Hendry yeah. is my, Hendry's my co-founder, the yeah. guy who actually, builds things the important dude <laughs> uh and then i started doing more of the partnerships and henry was kind of tinkering with like what could we automate in this process um funny thing that i did then kind of coming back to the validation point is like if you had a pulse you were on the team that was the wow <laughs> oh, <God. Avery. laughs> Oh like, man, I would have loved to see the hiring process. <laughs> dude, it was like there was no process it was just you're hired um i think 
I think, you know, no one was, no one was earning any money because there was no idea. It was just like yeah, scrambling yeah. circles and like having fun dinners mm -hmm. and stuff afterwards. Um, just goofing around basically but i think at that there was like 15 random uni students and like yeah, mm -hmm. yeah like, you know it's like oh i'm a violinist oh i like to read books uh <laughs> it's like okay we'll find something for you to do it was, <laughs> it was oh my chaos. No, but I love that. I love that. And I think the team now that you have obviously, you know, has grown with you so much uh, because now, I mean, of course, back then it was probably like a few people that you hired and, you know, you just started creating, you know, Modash at that time, which is very different from what it looks now. Uh, but then the way that you build and also the brands that you're working with now, you know, I mean, of course, it's a really big deal. So which means, of course, there's a lot more seriousness in the processes and a lot more oh, like, yeah. just a pulse, of course. <laughs> now the team is like, uh, how are we supposed to hire people if you're if you're telling us to just like reject basically every candidate? So it's yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. So there's a lot more scrutiny as well, you know, on uh, who aligns with the brand and the culture within Modash. So that's really cool. Yeah, I think people also underestimate how exceptional human beings can be. This is like very, um, like, uh, I think the positive way to look at it, look at this is like the, yeah, the positive way to look at that. Sometimes people also have a very bad idea of average, but I think it's like a less fun thing to talk about. But um, the, the, like exceptional people are truly exceptional and it's really hard to find a ceiling um and as a startup founder you're supposed to hire the best possible people mm -hmm. and so at some point henry and i were just like hey let's see what happens if we like double the the quality that we hire uh, let's see if it's physically possible and we had one or two people it's like oh maybe we can right like, push a little harder and yeah so the hiring process is super important anyway um just to get through the whole story so you can mm -hmm. pick it apart um yeah <clears throat> uh we had three co-founders at the time uh like yeah three people in the cap table um we're in this thing we're running these like random circles and mm -hmm. then i did a couple part i was running a podcast at the time too that's an yeah, important that's true. yep um and it was like uh it was relative it was successful in the sense that i could pay my rent from the podcast which was pretty mm -hmm. cool um and and it was really fun because we did live shows and so yeah and i get to talk to people i really did and learned a lot from um of course. and so I guess you came to one or two of those things. Eh? I did, I did, I did. Okay. And I feel like that's what you bring to the table as well. You know, like even before Modash, if there's one thing that I think you have definitely carried forward is you're really good at connecting with people, you know, like connecting hmm. two people together as well as you yourself connecting with people themselves. And I think I... eventually that is what you sort of brought to Modash as well, right? In terms of connections, uh, you know, connecting brands with influencers, influencers with brands and being like the party in the middle. Uh, you know that's okay I, I really love to see people winning it's like so so much fun for me I love, I love that it. I love that I love that and when it's like love especially that. when it's like you kind of you're like the evil mastermind <laughs> in the background. you can be like hey maybe you should talk to this person yeah, for lunch yeah. and then secretly you know like this person has the set of skills that this person needs and then they go have lunch and it's like you know what funny enough we're gonna end up working together and I'm like I love wow that. it feels so good you know <laughs> Uh, you're like i did not expect that <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's uh wow. i like that kind of i don't know mm -hmm. i like to see other people winning and um so maybe that but i really appreciate that that's really kind of you to say i think um uh yeah and then getting really to the inception of of yeah. modash then 
So running the podcast, we have sponsorships. You know, they're a few thousand euros each, which to me mm-hmm. was crazy. Um, talking to tons of entrepreneurs and really like getting the itch to do something even bigger. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it was interesting because I got to see the creator side from from mm-hmm. that point, of view, or at least the part where, you know, I wasn't grinding out YouTube videos every day or like the the kind yeah. of. I wasn't true hardcore like YouTube or anything, but I got to see what it was to interact with brands and have those conversations and how kind of like uh, that mindset worked. And then I was, for example, I was running campaigns. So a good example is uh, when Bolt launched in Portugal, which was kind of like when they really started, I think yeah. like hockey stick growth, I ran the influencer partnerships in Portugal for Bolt's launch. Nice. Okay. So I was like finding the people and communicating with them and doing the whole flow. And um, and that was super interesting because Bolt is like, if you're an early stage startup founder and you can work with Bolt, exactly. those guys are hard. And they're, mm-hmm. they're like, like the the mentality and the, qual- the quality of feedback is really high because they do not care. Like they don't need you to feel good about yourself. Exactly. They need to yeah. grow fast. Yeah. yeah. And so that's really important, that kind of feedback. And so uh, shout out to, well, at that time, actually, it was it, there was no influencer people there. It was only Pavel and Carolo, like mm-hmm. the OG growth people at Bolt. Yeah. And they, um, I, I went to Pavel and I'm like, I'm, I'm in the HQ and I'm sweating because I had kind of written to them that I have this idea to do some influencer stuff yeah. for them. And I go in there and I'm kind of sweating and I'm like scared. The office is huge and beautiful. And I'm like, what am I doing here? I can't find the place. And I sit down and I'm like... Pavel, I want 10,000 euros. And he's like, hmm, how about three? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, deal. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) um, Oh, wow. And Bolt was the biggest brand that you, at that time, was the first biggest brand that you worked with, right? In that Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. It was the, and and locally, I mean, you know how they are. Yes. how they are now but at yeah. that time they were even kind of more interesting because everybody was looking to see like what can this become kind of and everyone's talking about martin and marcus that was around the time they they also won the ey entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so they were like really big deal. i ran that campaign learned a lot did the reporting cycle as well and also kind of got to immediately face their scrutiny of like like where are the numbers what did like yeah. what are you what is yeah. this um mm-hmm. so that was really good and so now I have this like 360 view of running the partnerships, being the creator, uh, communicating with them, understanding like what they what makes them happy, um, the reporting cycle. So I got to see the whole thing really thoroughly. And I also had interacted with lots of creators already and was always kind of obsessed with the space. Um, yeah. And then uh, from there, I would say that's when we really started to build the right thing things so sense, yeah. uh, i'm definitely messing up the timeline but at some point basically what happens is um we've built this super so from there or no mm-hmm. we're still building the wrong things at this point forgive me <laughs> so we're still building terrible terrible product it's like <laughs> it's way too big it's huge it has messaging and tries to have payments and it has like right. these like manual bits you have to we as the team have mm-hmm. to do um and all this chaos i had raised seventy five thousand euros from angels so that's what yeah. was paying really small salaries mm-hmm. uh, most of the team from the uni days had already left so there's maybe seven or eight of us um 
six how to eight. Well, now we're 24 um, or 25, something like that. And yeah. And so we we built the wrong thing forever. We realized it's not going to work for lots of different reasons. And one of the hardest decisions was like, we delete 80% of the code base. We, uh, we ask one co-founder to leave um, and we start from scratch, basically. And we had revenues. Wow. That was the hard part. It was like, the founders could have made decent money, like a decent mm -hmm. chunk of money, but it just wasn't going to be as big as we wanted it to be. And it wasn't going to be as, it wasn't going to fulfill the mission we wanted to fulfill. And so that's probably a good, a good place to stop the rambling. But so at that point we're at like, we're at like middle 2019. Yes. And, and we've started basically from zero. We delete literally almost all of the code that's been written another person left the team as well so the team is very small we had we cut the office because we're basically out yeah, of money yeah. Yeah. um and and yeah so but i have a very clear vision of what will work at this point um, that's pretty good yeah and of course i think it does come back come with a lot of setbacks right in terms yeah. of pivoting and what needs to be done at what time and what do you need in terms of fulfilling the client's request and that's how products grow services as well because you get to learn more from your clients than you know what the vision that you have in your head. Uh, so customer feedback at the end of the day is the most important thing, which is really good that you started taking that into consideration in the very early on days of Modash, which makes sense. Yeah, and I think like ruthlessly taking it mm -hmm. in, like really yeah. trying, really trying to square like what customers are telling me, what I understand mm -hmm. about them that they might not understand about themselves, and then what yeah. I think the space needs. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's why Bolt was so important because. Yep because there wasn't much that I understood about them that they didn't understand about themselves. They knew exactly what they needed and they were pretty much right. But no, like but, coming to uh, COVID then, because if you said this was 2019, right, where you started figuring out the right path for Modash, I'm just trying to figure out because let's say 2019 is where also COVID happened. And that is where we saw pretty much a really big boom of creator economy. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, people started moving more towards, let's say, platforms like TikTok. Uh, there was a lot of like, um, I think there was a big shift, man, in terms of content and consumption and yeah. creation. So how did that affect uh, or impact a platform like yours, uh, Modash? Yeah. What so, it yeah, it's a, it's a great question. So, yeah, twenty end 2019, we raised some money from Icebreaker. It was 120000 It was on the same... So basically our whole pre-seed round was like 200,000 in right. two chunks. Mm -hmm. And um, um, yeah, COVID, I guess, hit maybe six months after that. I think it was beginning 2020, right? When when lockdown started and yeah, things yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. Yes. At least here, we got it a little later than, than others, I think. Um, yeah, it was an interesting time. I mean, to a degree, I think it was probably good for us. There was lots of things that weren't good, like mm -hmm. all kinds of budgets were frozen. I remember I was I was <laughs> I was living in where was I living? I was living in some. I was still living in the office. I think mm -hmm. I was living in the office, and uh, we had this big customer who was going to make it possible for us to like pay rent. Like I was going to be able to pay rent after this customer, yeah. and we get all the way through the deal cycle. They're super happy. Everything is good. And then I'm literally going to view the apartment that I'm saying, hey, yeah, we're going to take this. I'm going to take this. Yeah. Um, and uh, 
and I'm at the gym and I see my email on the thing. It's all budgets are frozen. We can't move forward. Oh and my so, God. so it was like a huge punch in the face. Um, and then I had to go look at this apartment with my girlfriend, knowing yeah. that I had to say, I can't afford this uh, like afterwards. And uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, that was, that was a pretty brutal moment to be honest. Cause we, like you said, we've been grinding, trying to figure out what to do for a while and something yeah. was finally working and then COVID slapped us. So, um, yeah, but I, uh, yeah, but we, we kept going and the good news is that all that pivoting and that like hardcore, let's cut everything and start from zero. That was the right move um, yeah. more from social media space, like uh, more, everybody was there and everybody was looking at social. So, so I think the brand started to move more budgets there. Um, more people got interested in the idea of partnering with creators and that kind of thing. Um, and so, yeah, the, uh, everything, I th like there was no to be honest there was no like rocket ship level momentum it didn't feel mm -hmm. that way at least for us maybe we were too early um but all of the work we had done maybe it got maybe we had some like at least accelerated validation or something if yeah. that makes sense makes sense cool but in terms of like okay I really need to understand because now when we see a lot of brands jumping into you know influencer marketing there is a lot of misconception around how to do it right you know, yeah. so in terms of a platform that does it right now, I really want to understand, like, what is your advice for brands seeking such partnerships and also for influencers seeking these partnerships? Yeah, I think the easiest thing is to say, like, not what not to do. So when you're if you're anything but a consumer like company, don't do influencer marketing. If you're a startup that's trying to figure out its first or second acquisition channel probably don't do influencer marketing mm -hmm. um and then once you have some traction you have a channel that works you understand that customers can like sign up and buy successfully your user experience is good this goes for e-commerce stores and yeah. stuff as well yeah. by the way it's shocking how many customers uh like come to modash buy the product spend 10,000 euros on influencer marketing, get tons of traffic and don't understand why people aren't buying. And then their payment gateway doesn't work. It's like physically impossible to buy on from your store on mobile. So yeah. um, making sure the whole flow works well, then you're ready to do, to do creator partnerships. And I think like really in a few words, you want to partner with people who reach your target audience most efficiently um, mm -hmm. at a reasonable uh, compensation level which means at a compensation level that makes sense for you it's it's the maximum you can pay to the creator in order to efficiently sell the product so it's not, not like what the creator asks for it's not like what you wish you could pay it's the maximum you can pay with your customer acquisition costs still working um like for, for from like yeah, business yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so um that's super yeah, and then long-term relationships that compound over time, uh, optimize and help your creators do better over time. So when you when you have long-term relationships, especially you have a good incentive model, like maybe you people use my promo code and I get paid yeah. five euros or whatever per mm -hmm. check, then um, when you have long-term relationships and they're incentivized properly, it's really magic because you you you're a small marketing team. If you can recruit like two influencers a week, you've got a hundred people publishing for yeah. you at the end of the year, and all that work is already done. Some of them are going to churn out, and you can kind of yeah. optimize for that rate as well. Um, but uh, 
but yeah, uh, so long-term relationships, good incentives model is super important from like an optimization. Mm -hmm. It's just super easy. You don't learn very quickly if you have a, or you can't really learn if you don't complete the feedback loop, if the creator just posts once and then you never talk yeah. to them again. That's true. So That's true. having those long-term relationships in a good incentives model shows mm -hmm. you like, hey, this person is performing more every month. That's mm -hmm. counterintuitive. You can dig into that um, um, more or like, yeah, you, you learn much better when you have longer term relationships. And I've seen that this seems to be like a repeat in every majorly successful company, like every company that's excited to be hiring 10, 15 influencer mm -hmm. managers and invest like $10 million next year. Uh, or additionally, um, all of those guys are have some function that's long term, maybe they have celebrities that are just like, you know in a commercial once or do a thing once but yeah. most of their things but also like if i can ask like what do you think are the upcoming trends of creator economy like what um, is that's an interesting question the upcoming trends um so there's a there's a whole bunch of weird things in the space that yeah. Uh, we'll go one way or another mm -hmm. uh, I, I think but a big like obvious one is the professionalization of creators in Europe and North America so right. currently in Europe especially we're in the place where somebody said it once to me it made so much sense it was like uh, creators are in a place where in Europe right now where they can make 10,000 euros to go to the to post an Instagram story or they can go to the pub with their friends they might choose going to the pub with their friends like right. uh, they're yeah. just they don't know how to make an invoice. They're not sure what data goes on an invoice. They don't, they fear for the whole partnership cycle. Like, mm -hmm. uh, can I trust my manager? Can I trust the brand? When do I get paid? They said I'd get paid in 30 days. Well, actually you sent the invoice 15 days after that. So it's like 45 days, uh, you know, like these little professionalization aspects are going to change it drastically because once the creators think of themselves more like business people or there's infrastructure that's abstracts away a lot of the business logic yeah. for them, then it'll change like everything about how they run their business. Like it won't just be YouTube videos and, yeah, and exactly. posts will see more and more super sophisticated stuff like beast burger or like mm -hmm. kind of, uh, that's like the extreme version. Everybody yeah, knows. Yeah, <laughs> Cool. Okay, nice. We're also short on time, but since it's 9 a.m., I really want to understand, like, what does a normal day in your life as a CEO of Modash look like? Go. Um, A normal day. So yeah. it, it uh, my weeks are kind of thematic, I would say. So mm -hmm. um, this right now, it's a lot about what I'm trying to do and improve on inside the team is to better communicate a long term vision and so that everybody understands the importance of urgency yeah. because when you have like we'll have the entire year mapped out and we'll map it out in such a way where um everybody understands that if i don't do my job today to the best mm -hmm. of my ability we're not gonna like we're gonna be a day behind and then nothing everything falls apart this is, should kind of be the the instinctual response to yeah. being slow inside of a startup mm -hmm. so um right now that means like uh sharing my vision with kind of the the people who are chiefly responsible for for setting and hitting goals and then reflecting on their goals with them to understand like um does everything line up with all of the theses of the company reading yep. through those docs making edits 
having conversations that map the entire product roadmap for next year, understanding like the scope of those things and what's critical, what might interrupt the roadmap mm-hmm. um, right now. So a day in the life is a lot about like reading and, and talking through those plans, making sure they align also with like actual numbers. Will this, is this enough expansion? Do we need like to increase retention more or what's the, um, yeah. And then, and then the balancing act there. So right now it's like that some weeks it's very much, um hey we need to hire these three people so i'm doing 30 intro calls in a week oh, wow. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. this yeah so it can change a lot always mm-hmm. though i think the breakdown is something roughly like uh 30 talking to customers 30 percent spending time with the team um and then the the remainder kind of whatever is mm-hmm. uh, whatever is urgent and important makes a lot of sense Cool. Nice. So what is your advice? This is my last question. What is your advice for someone who, let's say, wants to get into the creator space? Making stuff is a really good idea. Like, I love what you're doing with this show. I think <laughs> it's so cool. I think it's going to, like, I think if you stay consistent with this, no matter what your thought is about what will become possible, you will exceed that. It will be, you will be really surprised what opportunities open up uh, over time. Um that was my impression when I did the show as well. I was like, I don't deserve these opportunities. It makes no sense to me, which is why I wanted to do it at scale. I was like, mm-hmm. I want everybody to feel like they have so much opportunity that it doesn't even make sense to them. And so I think you'll you'll get there as well. Um, the uh, yeah, but yeah, make something, um, mm-hmm. make something you enjoy and that other people like to to see. Um, and then from more like the startup side, I guess we're probably gonna have to pop back in here, but um, yeah. from the startup side, I think join a really legit creator economy company. Maybe I can ramble a bit about what that is. We can reset. Let's join back, let's join back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, so join a really legit creator economy company. That It depends on what your goals are. Obviously, if you wanna make stuff, then you have to be making stuff. And I think pretty much everybody should be doing something. What Even if it's just, getting into the habit of writing a LinkedIn post here or there or sharing mm-hmm. your thoughts on Twitter, as long as they're not too like <laughs> tw- Twittery. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so making something is really important. Uh, podcasts are also a great choice. Um, and so kind of, if you have a good friend that you like having conversations with, then podcasts can also be really low um, overhead in the sense that you just have to sit down with yeah. a mic and try to have like coherent topics consistently um so so that's really cool but on joining creator economy space i think it's a really difficult space to understand for unintuitive reasons like the way that the gmv flows in the space like the way that money moves in the space and how consolidated it is at the top um and how many flashy shiny objects are everywhere uh no offense to nfts or anything but like there's always something shiny uh in the creator space and so it's really hard to see state of the course of like mm-hmm. we need to we need creators to be professionals or abstract away the professionalism in a meaningful way um if you're trying to build software that means you can't sell services so if you join a startup and they're like hey we're funding our re- revenue with serve like selling time yeah. they'll, they'll never escape that just assume they'll never escape you're much better off um uh yeah and and so really trying to understand the fundamentals of the business. What's the thesis and then how does that work? And listen to a lot of Colin and Samir, maybe that'll help you too. I don't know if you know those guys, but Colin and Samir are some YouTubers that uh, 
totally creator economy focus like they focus on the business side but they have you know when 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 mr beast did the um did the beast burger thing they they also followed him around for a, for 24 hours like the whole launch cool. so, mm-hmm. so they have access to really interesting insights in the creator space and consuming enough of them will get you mm-hmm. like you know in it'll get you the 80 percent of the information so when you join a, a creator economy startup you can be like i don't remember hearing about this problem like mm-hmm. what is why are we doing this um yeah. yeah makes sense oh cool okay i haven't personally checked them out but i will after this call yep <laughs> super high quality content yeah nice. okay awesome but thank you so much avery for your time thank you so much oh. it's always a pleasure talking to you and i'm just super proud of where you are and how you've grown this whole thing since the time we met to where you are now it's just amazing to see what you're doing and i you no one can could ever doubt you but it's uh it's always exceptional what you what you bring to the table so pretty cool mm-hmm.